What's shaking, everybody? And welcome back to another episode of the Win Win Effect Podcast. And happy Money Monday, or whatever day that ends in why that you're tuning in to this show. For those who are tuning in for the first time, welcome on board. And I hope to God that we don't scare you off because today's episode, and I've been sitting here actually contemplating this for the last maybe, I don't know, 30 seconds before I hit record. How do I explain how powerful this episode can be received by any person on this planet if they actually have the mind to understand how simple it is to be successful? A few weeks back, I was blessed and honored to be able to sit down with Mr. Jake Kelfer. He is a lifestyle entrepreneur and a life elevator. Pay attention to what I just said with that. And a coach to entrepreneurs and business leaders. He is the best-selling author of Elevate Beyond and Elevate Your Network. There was a purpose for that long pause. I was hoping you were going to write that shit down. So I say again, he is a best-selling author of Elevate Beyond and Elevate Your Network. If you take the time to read those two books, you will fully experience his high energy and why he's one of the best motivational speakers out there. And he's on a mission to inspire millions of people to achieve personal success and happiness, complete fulfillment. He is the founder of the Professional Basketball Combine, which has helped over 70-plus NBA draft prospects and turn their dreams into reality of playing pro basketball. Do you know how hard it is to play pro basketball professionally? Are you serious? This isn't like the NFL when they get like 50 or 70 people on a team. And I'm not knocking the NFL. I'm just saying those numbers are a little bit different than trying to play pro basketball in the NBA. What? Let that sink in just for a second. Could you imagine the fulfillment that Jake receives with one of his prospects turn their dreams into reality when their name's called? With that being said, it's not shocking that he's been featured in Forbes magazine, Sports Illustrated, ESPN, NBC Sports, USA Today, Bleach Report, Should I Go On? There's a lot of other major media outlets. Let's not waste any more time. Let's get to today's show. Stand by for a brief message by our co-host, Mr. Wes Bays. Before I bring on today's guest, if you're watching us on YouTube, make sure to subscribe and hit that notification bell so you never miss the fire content we're bringing you every week. If you're listening from your favorite podcast platform, be sure to subscribe and leave us a review letting us know how you're enjoying the show. And as always, follow us on Instagram at The Win Win Effect to stay updated on upcoming shows and get exclusive behind the scenes footage. And lastly, fill out the feedback form and letting us know how you enjoyed our guest today and which guests you would like to see in the future. Now, without further ado, let's get back to the show. Jake, welcome to the show. Oh, man, it's great to be here, fellas. I'm excited. Man, you're excited. I think that we all three of us share a very similar trait. We wake up in the morning and we just move. No one needs to tell us to do anything. We just move. So I think when you were just jumping online and I was actually fixing some of the lighting, I think you were doing some, were you doing up-downs or push-ups or getting yourself in the right state of mind? It was awesome. Good stuff, Yeah, I just do a little stretching, you know, getting ready. You know, it's like a game day, right? You know, I got to get pumped up for my games, but... Um, yeah, man, I always get prepared, mentally prepared, just like in sports. I take that same approach to business. Well, I mean, why change up perfection? People don't practice to practice. People practice for game time moments. So when that red light comes on, it's game time for me. 
I got to make some things move. And I know that we have a mutual person, a mutual friend that we had on a show recently, Anthony um, Trucks, and he came on and just blew it up for us. And so inspirational, one of my favorite dudes. Um, and obviously you have done some work with him and motivational speaking and some summits and you interviewed him for one of your new books come out. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. Anthony's a great guy. I heard him speak, loved his energy, got the sports background and he's got an incredible story. Um, and he's just a great genuine dude. And, you know, for me, I always look at athletes, right? Cause I've worked in basketball. I created a big event and, you know, when I see guys who have been able to turn their, their career, you know, and then their post career into something special that makes impact. That's something that I look for in, in people, especially in athletes, because, you know, too often the narrative of athletes tends to go towards, you know, they make money and then they go broke or they, or something bad <laughs> happens. Right. We hear this narrative and it's, and, and Anthony's just the epitome of, you know, a genuinely great guy had a career in athletes and has figured out a way to, to do incredible things for so many people. So it's, it's always great when you can find those interwebs and connect yeah. um, the dots to, to build those relationships and start the foundational um, approach to, to building something even better. I, I love what you said there, you know, just the interwebs and getting into those different networks. And I guess you would say the ones that are aligning with your core values is what means the most to me. Does it take long for me to connect with people just because what I do, I'm not trying to sound pompous and I'm sure you're the same way, but this, that deeper connection is what I look for. Who are you really? Like, how can I really serve you in this life? Not just in business, it comes to personal life. Like, who can I introduce you to it's going to make an impact if I'm not able to do it myself. And I see that you have a very similar approach when it comes to speaking on stage, did some research on you. You got, wrote a couple of different books. You got Elevate Beyond and now Elevate Your Network. Expand on that a little bit for our audience. Yeah, well, I think, I think you mentioned something great too about like seeing someone's core values, right? And knowing how you can serve somebody. And it's like, you know, one of the hardest things that, that I struggled with as someone who just ambitious, go, 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 like always going to the yeah. back thing when I was growing up, right? Is like, it was the hardest thing in the world for me to ask for help because I always wanted to do it on my own. And a big part I think about relationships is putting yourself in a position where you can welcome help, welcome feedback, mm. welcome compliments, because that allows somebody else an opportunity to make you feel good. And as you said in the beginning, right, Chris, like, Everybody wants to feel good, right? It's yes. our job as human beings to give somebody that feeling that they belong, that they matter, that they're heard. And if we can do that, we can enable a great relationship. So sometimes it's just as important for us to give to others as be able to and open to receive to others. So mm -hmm. I, I, wanted to just, I wanted to just make that point. I appreciate you doing that because a lot of people don't understand how simple it can be just to have that deeper level of connection yeah. It's just, it's really simple. Genuinely give a shit about what the other person is going to say to you. Yeah. Because it's not about what they say. It's what they're not saying, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah. And then, and then you factor in, you know, what they're saying, what they're not saying mixed with the body language and the emotion right now. I'm blessed. I got these beautiful eyebrows sitting on my forehead, right? <laughs> I, can, I, can, I can trigger immediate body language cues to you while we're talking, right? You can be talking, we could be on Zoom, we could be in person, but the minute my eyebrows raise, you know you triggered something within me that builds excitement, that brings right. a positive response. So if you notice that on somebody else, you can then bring that up later. You can refer to that in your follow-up, right? And now we're finding out the things that they're not saying that are making them feel like you were paying attention the entire time. And in today's age, it's the most important thing in the world, right? Mm -hmm. To be present one-on-one -on -one with somebody. 
right? Or in this case, you know, two on one, right? Yeah, like, yeah. Because, because the thing is, right, we, in conversations, we all know those people that pull out their phones in the conversation and immediately. Oh my goodness. I, and I, I used to learn from this. I, sometimes I get caught up and I will pull my phone, not, not on purpose. Because I'm one of those clowns that, <laughs> I guess you would say clowns, is that you pull out your phone and you want a notification to go away. Because I yeah. can't stand a notification. That's what it was about. Not trying to disrupt the conversation. But now that I'm more conscious of when I would do those types of things, that it would actually pull more away from the connection and rapport and most importantly, the respect level. So now phone doesn't isn't is nowhere around. You yeah. gotta connect, man. But yeah, yeah. please expand I mean, more. I think well, even even if like your phone's on the table, even right. that's still right there. I mean, it just it gives people that feeling like, oh, is this person really present with me or not? Right, exactly. And, 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 you know, we just want to, in a conversation, we want to know that we're being heard, right? right? Because here's the thing, you know what, every human being is the same. We all want to talk about ourselves, right? Like, like we even, all even if we're lying to ourselves and we say we don't, <laughs> but it was true. Right? But, but like, that's why when you ask a good question, you can immediately build a deeper relationship than the five other people that are sitting in the room with the same person, right? Mm -hmm. You all have that person who asks you more and more questions, who dives deeper based off what you're talking about. And you're just like, man, I'm vibing with these people, right? And then you go back and you're like, you know what? That person made a lasting impression. Well, now you're memorable. Now you're the person they're going to think of when they need your services, right? So you've, you didn't even sell them or anything, but you've built a relationship that just by being present. Mm -hmm. and, and sometimes we get forget how important the who is to our business or to our <laughs> life. But, but mm -hmm. if, if you don't have a who, you, don't, you can't sell the what. So, so it doesn't matter, right? If you don't have partners, you can't grow. If you don't have mentors, you can't learn. If you don't have customers, you can't make money. So, so we really need to be focused on focusing on the who and treating the people as the core of every business because that's ultimately going to get us to where we want to go. Mm -hmm. Where's about, when you very first started off in this, and you're a severe entrepreneur, it's not like you're small potatoes are just getting started in this type of industries. You've done so much in, you mentioned sporting. You've got, 70 NBA players, you know, different and getting drafted and working with youth. And that's a really hard thing for people is working with youth and actually generally wanting them to succeed and not really waiting for the big paycheck when they yeah. do get drafted and whatnot. Expand a little bit more like what actually motivated you to do what you do today, do you think? So, I mean, look, I'm very, very blessed mm. to have two parents that love me and support me and have encouraged me my whole life. And I think that one of the biggest reasons why I do what I do is I've combined everything I've learned from my parents and their love and support. And I want to make sure other people feel that, right? So that's one of the big reasons I love working with, with the youth specifically, or sometimes I'll talk with, with high school students and, and I'll do a lot of work in education, um, partially because my mom was involved there, but also just because like, I know how blessed I am and I don't want to take that for granted. And if I can share something or give somebody that feeling that I know meant the world to me growing up, then that can change their life. Because one of the things that, that I've learned is that every one of us has an incredible power and influence over yes. the words we say and the actions that we take. And the influence that we can have on other people, you may not know in the moment, but three years from now, five years from now, you may get a customer, you may get someone who grew up and say, you know what, it's because of you. It's because of that mm. compliment that one day that made me believe. Right. It's because of that one phone call text that I didn't expect that made me feel that, right? And that, that starts off this whole chain reaction. So for me, like why I do what I do, it all comes back to uh, my family. Yeah. It all comes back to my family and understanding like that we can all win, we can all go big, <laughs> we can all have a lot of fun, we can all make money. And 
we don't have to tear other people down in the process. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's been one of my biggest motivators. And then you combine that with my like intrinsic desire to be the best in whatever I do. And that just has created this, this drive to do things that are high value, but also super high impact with whatever it is, right? Writing the books, uh, starting the pro combine. You know, when someone asks me like, what's your simple, like overarching why? Right. It's to elevate people to achieve their personal definition of success and happiness. Right. Like at the end of the day, like I want every single interaction I have for the rest of my life to elevate both myself and the person that I'm talking to and hopefully the people that they talk to because of that interaction. And that's how people that's how people gravitate towards you because yeah. it's how you're making them feel how you're making me feel right now with you saying the words that you are. Let's yeah. talk about that on a business yeah. as aspect. Well, absolutely. And that's why Jake has had so much success. You know, mm -hmm. it's because of his belief system, because that belief system carries out your action, right? And so one thing that I'm, I'm curious about, Jake, because uh, just, just talking to you, obviously that, that belief in abundance is there clearly. Um, yeah. Have you always had that belief in abundance or is that something that was more of like a learned trait throughout your life or different circumstances? Dive in deep, Wes. Come on, baby. Give it to me, right? <laughs> so, so, so look, I think for me, like, like, abundance and there's still areas where I'm constantly working on it. And I also do things every day to remind myself of this powerful like trait of abundance for, for us all. But I think like for me, I've always, you know, when I was in college and when I started my first business, like to be honest, when I started my first business after college, I had worked for the Lakers for one season. It was Kobe Bryant's final NBA season. And he like, he retired, I retired, I launched my book and started my own thing. It was like, it was like a hoorah, right? And one of the things that I realized in the beginning was I was so focused on comparing myself to others and what mm -hmm. I thought success looked like that I wasn't able to enjoy the process of creating. I wasn't able to enjoy the process of the success I did already have because I was so focused on what I thought I needed to do and achieve before I had made it or become successful. And when I think about abundance, I think that in that moment, I didn't have the same mentality. Did I have the belief that I was going to make it whatever it was at the time? Yes. But did I have the mentality that we can all win and that it yes. doesn't matter if we compare Goodness. it to each other and it doesn't matter if we support each other, right? Like even people that you think are your biggest competitors could end up being some of your best partners or collaborators in like ways that you can't predict or see on the surface. But only once you experience it and you believe that everybody here has an opportunity then we have a chance to really win and grow, right? You call this the win-win effect, right? Like I'll take it one step further. I like to have win-win-win relationships, right. right? Win for you, win for me, and win for everybody that gets impacted because of the interaction we get to have. Yeah, even, right? even 10 years afterwards. I mean, think yeah. about someone that you really made an impact with on a, such a deep level. Think about what type of person they become during their journey towards their own success talk a lot about, you know, making impact on everybody else around them. Could yeah, be one yeah. of their kids that you said one day in a meeting by maybe just in passing and said, Jake said this to me one day, I'm going to share this with you now. And now it's just an ongoing process. For sure. I mean, you guys have this podcast, right? You have this yes. podcast, found, came across it, jumped on. Now we're here, right? Anybody who listens to this podcast is going to be impacted, hopefully in a great and positive way, right? Hopefully they're going to mm -hmm. love this episode. And I think they will, right? But here's the beautiful thing. If you guys didn't take that step of creating this whenever you guys started this, I would have never had a chance to find you guys. We would have mm -hmm. never had a chance to do this. And then we would have never been able to have this conversation be able to impact somebody's life. Because here's the thing. There is no expiration date on a relationship. 
right? Never. There is no expiration date on a relationship. And if you take that one step further, if you want to be rich, what do you do with your money? You invest it, right? Mm -hmm. Because same thing in relationships. With your relationships, it's the exact same concept. The more you invest in your relationships, the quicker time, and the more it compounds that, that interest rate, right? The greater and more wealth you're going to have. But the beautiful thing about relationships is it just builds freedom. It creates opportunity and it creates impact for everybody that gets touched by that relationship. And to me, that's why relationships are like one of the most powerful things that we can focus on in our life and in our business. Mm. There's, I, and just to go in second, what you're saying, the people are really going to love this episode, by the way, because I'm enjoying myself completely. I'm sure Wes is. So yeah. for those out there that haven't, you know, they're hearing this for the first time, Luckily, we're here for when we're recording this, and we got a little head start on you. So, and you got a little bit of joy. There's a couple of things you said, and I want to kind of shine a spotlight on on a few of those. But the biggest thing I want to talk about, real quick, do you ever feel like you have a bad day? Yeah, I do. And, and, and do you do you project that out in the universe? So, I wake up with my alarm clock at five thirty-two almost every single every single morning. Okay. And the first thing that I do when I go to click that off button, right? When I turn off, not snooze, we turn okay. it off right away. The first thing I have it say is today's going to be a great day. That is the first thought that goes into my mind. But obviously we're human, right? There are days mm -hmm. that sometimes suck. There are things that don't go our way. We can't, we can't control everything. Like you take coronavirus, for example, like that shit sucks sometimes. And in the beginning mm -hmm. I was like, what the heck? Some days were up, some days were down. Now, when I have those days, like I'm here to play the long game, right? So I like to equate bad days and good days to like wins and losses of an NBA season, right? Mm -hmm. If I have 60 wins out of an 82 NBA game season, I'm likely to come in the top three seeds of my conference. That means I have 22 losses or days that maybe weren't the best. If that happens in your life and you have some days that aren't the best, you know what? It's okay. It's, it's okay. Good. What did you learn? We'll get through them and we'll push through them and we'll find ways because we can control our mindset. And if we're having a bad day, we can do the things that we know make us happier, the things that bring us joy. Talk to the people who, who share the love with us so that we can hopefully turn those bad days into learning experiences, turn those mm -hmm. bad days into, you know, days that are like, you know what, it happened, but we're going to power through and we're going to be able to, to get to the next day. I appreciate you saying that. I, the, the purpose of me asking you that question there's a couple of things that triggered my brain. Maybe because I was in a meeting earlier today and someone asked me that question. Chris, do you ever have a bad day? Absolutely. Absolutely. But it all starts when I get up in the morning. That's my biggest battle that I win every freaking day. You have no idea the war that goes on in this mind. Self-doubt. Like you're not good enough. You, you know, you're not hitting the numbers you need to. Like you, you feel like shit because you're over compensating in certain areas of your life you have the regret on one area that you're not really taking the time and effort and putting it into investing that you mentioned into the right relationships you're losing touch with the people back home like what can you do this is all goes on in your mind and usually within the first seven to ten minutes because your mind is the most impressionable at that time it's kind of like you got to take all that shit out and just flush it out put only positive and start re-anchoring and getting yourself in the type of state of mind to even Make an impact with yourself. But a lot of people don't check into themselves. And, and the reason why I bring that up, Wes, how much do we stress this with people and how simple it can be for themselves just to take that time in the morning to win their day and how yeah. to win? Absolutely, because that's, the, that's what guides you throughout the rest of that day. 
how you start your day is, is how the rest of that day is going to go, right? It doesn't yes. matter if things are good, bad, or ugly. Like there's times I'll wake up at three in the morning, right? And it's just all these thoughts are in my head and it just starts right there. So then you have a choice. You can either just sit in bed and keep thinking for the next couple of hours, or you can just change the frame of your mind, get up, go get a workout and change your state and then, then start your day. I mean, it's absolutely crucial for you to be able to control your mind like that. Yeah. And I think, I think to even add on that, you know, one thing that I would say is, you know, sometimes you do have that first like five, 10 minutes where you're not like in the zone or you're not where you want to be. Right. Space land. And you can do your mental reset, right? You can do your journaling reset. You could do your physical exercise reset. I mean, there's a ton of ways. But one of the things that, that sometimes we forget is we can literally shock our system. Take the coldest shower you possibly can. Oh, yes. Like yeah. some people are big fans of that. Some people hate it. And like for me, sometimes that's the thing. After I do all the rest of my morning routine, that's the thing where it's like, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. But I'm doing it. And I get that win. And I'm like, okay, we're good. But the biggest battle, you said it, the biggest battle is waking up. Because there are a lot of people that don't get a chance to wake up the next exactly. day. Exactly. Be grateful for those small things. I had the, not the power went out, but the hot water went out in my building. It's 35 freaking floor building and the, and the, <laughs> the heating goes out in the water, hot water, right? So uh, I woke up in the morning, I was like, well, this is God's way of telling me that I got I to gotta freaking do a cold, you know, <laughs> the cold shower real quick. Be grateful for it and actually help myself when I prepare myself out of my bedroom. And that's like when I talk to Wes about this a lot. I call that like my little sanctuary. But when I'm walking out of my bedroom and attacking the world, it's like a it's like a twelve round fight. Method Man's playing in my head, or something's playing in my head, or I'm gonna go and attack now. Now it's my time. I'm gonna kill the day, and I'm going to win, no matter what. I'm going to win in some type of way or form or fashion. Yeah, yeah. And and some days, some days you're gonna have the big wins, right? The the, yeah. the wins that are gonna go on the record book, right? You're gonna you're gonna hang up the trophy, right? And then there's going to be other days where you just need to find a small win, right? Find mm-hmm. something that gets you by, right? Maybe you had a great call with a friend you hadn't talked to in two weeks. Maybe, maybe a client renewed, even though it was a smaller deal, but they still stayed with you and you loved working with this person, right? Like the small wins matter. And there's a great exercise to really help us focus um, and prime our minds on, on the small wins. And I call it the 24-hour positive experience. Beautiful. So one of the things that I do when I journal is I write down three to five sentences of, of a 24 hour positive experience, something that was positive in the last 24 hours. And what that forces me to do is it forces me, even if the day wasn't great or if the day was fantastic, find one thing that was positive, write about it, share the details, because then it allows my mind to start to remember and seek out more positive experiences on a day-to-day basis. Mm-hmm. And that's something that for me, I've found has really continued to help me um, as I look, as I look for positive experiences, like my body just naturally puts itself in positions that I know in the past have resulted in positive experiences. Right. And so it's been, it's been a great exercise when you talk about like mindset and making sure you can find the wins, even on those tough days or even on the great days, like to enjoy and savor those moments to, to build off, you know, your overall well being. One question, and I want to, I don't want to lose touch on this one little couple pieces, and I can't because Kobe Bryant, we obviously, God rest his soul, right? It's a tragedy of what happened to the people in that helicopter, everyone included, and all the families impacted. When you were working for, with the Lakers, and I'm not trying to make this a Kobe Bryant question. This is more of a Laker organization question. If you had to pick out one thing from the Lakers, and it's a great organization, and it's went through years and years and years of sets decades and decades 
if you had to pick one thing that you learned from that organization as a whole, or maybe from an individual, what would it be? That's a, that's a wonderful question. That's a wonderful question. And, you know, one of the things that I would say to that, you know, when it comes to the organization is I, I would flip it around almost and put it on the fans. Oh. Because I think one of the biggest things that helps drive players, one of the biggest things that helps uh, people feel, right? Like the, we're talking about going back to that feeling, right? Yeah. The Lakers fans, sure, they're in L.A. And, you know, with everything going on that's in L.A., there's other things to do. People show up late. But when a game is on the line, I can't tell you how excited these fans are. And it doesn't matter at that point how rich you are, what your celebrity status is, how poor you are. If you're in the nosebleeds in the final section or you're on the court sitting next to the bench, everybody in that moment is the most excited fan ever. And sure, you're going to see that at a lot of sports teams and organizations. But when I was there and I was sitting on the floor and it was Kobe's last game, right? And we're watching 60, is it 60 something points? Yeah. And every single person in that building had the most genuine and sincere passion to see Kobe Bryant go out as a champion, right? right? And I think that as an organization, you know, they've done great things, right? Look at the players they have. You know, the players over the lifetime, you put the, their starting five of the best players they've had and their backup five might still be better than any other yeah, franchise with starting true. five over time. And, and I think that's a testament to just the overall structure, right? Now, there's been a lot of changes in everything, but I'd say, I'd say for me, like one of the things that I loved the most was understanding like how powerful the Lakers played a role in somebody's life. Mm. And for people to spend their life savings to travel the world to see Kobe in his final season, to see people spend money they didn't have just to try to attend a game. And then, and then the staff take it upon themselves to give them incredible experiences. Like that to me is so powerful. Very and powerful. Something really, really like that. I'm going to treasure from that organization is like the amount of impact we can have um, because people are investing so much into those experiences. And I think a lot of the people that I had a chance to work with really did a great job, even though the team wasn't that great that year, but, but they knew the power of the Lakers and Kobe Bryant's final season to give that experience to, to everybody that walked through those doors at Staples Center. You mentioned, I mean, it was something that triggered my brain, obviously, was I know that Michael Jordan obviously mentored, you know, Kobe for a long time, and he was willing to share the willing, I think the willingness and openness from, from sharing with Kobe because of the similarities of the mentality, and he was built for that, and he, was, he put in the work that no one's seen, especially behind the scenes and in the preparation that it took and overcoming his Achilles injury. I mean, there's a lot. I mean, he's a very inspirational dude. But Michael Jordan said this once in an interview, and it always stuck with me. I love greatness, by the way. Just love sports and great. I love this stuff. Sure. I think it's played such a huge impact in my life and not just in personal life and the life that I like to watch sports and looking at the small wins. But even in my business life, I bring that mentality to the table. But Michael Jordan said once in an interview, he's like, every game that he plays, and it's a long season, some of these guys go and play for the Olympics and pick up games and whatever. He's, someone's out there watching on that court or in that stadium or in that arena or maybe turning on TV that has never seen him play. And he is, and that's his moral obligation, his responsibility to bring his A game each and every day. I can't tell you how much that's made an impact in my life, and I'll probably never, ever meet Michael Jordan, but if I ever do, I will mention that to him because that's the effort that I put in each and every day in what I do. Mm. You got to bring it. I, you got to bring it. 
so powerful. Like that, I love that, right? And I, and I loved hearing that on the last dance, you know, because we live in a society right now that, that's so digital focused, right? And when yeah. we talk about communicating it, there's a different approach to in-person and digital. There's no, there's no doubt about it. Here's one of the things that I, that I see people doing all the time, and it goes back to the same concept, right? Is people say, oh, I only have 25 followers. I only have 50 people on my email list. I only have three customers, all this stuff. And so they, they devalue that, that worth of those people in that moment. But, but you've got to have the same approach that Michael has. 50 people on your email list, 100 people on your email list. Imagine them in a room. Imagine them watching you on stage. That's an audience, right? That's a feeling. That's something that you can do. You can put on a show for them, right? So it doesn't matter, you know, how many people are necessarily following you or how many people are doing this. Like if you produce every time that someone's willing to give you their time, you are going to make a significant impact in this world. And that's mm-hmm. facts. And we can take that from Michael because it's a beautiful thing, right? And we can also take from Michael this idea of how much he taught Kobe, right? Michael didn't lose anything by sharing what he know, what he knew or by teaching Kobe and guiding him along the way. Yet we're so often scared that if we give to our to other people that we're going to lose that, right? That we're going to lose something, right? Think about a candle, right? If you light another candle with your candle, does your candle disappear and become less than? No. It continues to grow and grow. And Michael did that with Kobe. And you see great mentors build up their mentees to equate or beyond their success. Mm. And that's something that's so powerful, right? Because we can share, we can communicate, we can talk, we can show up every day. And if we continue to serve first, have a we mentality, not a me mentality, then we're right. going to be able to grow and, and, and rise to the levels that we want to be competing at, which sounds like for us is in the championship arenas. Right. Yeah. Oh. And it's, the, champ, the championships and the victories and maybe even small or whatever, it doesn't matter what capacity, in my opinion, sometimes it's the small wins that mean more to me than it actually means the big, huge accomplishments, accolades. And I, I don't really want to give a shit. It's not about, it's a 15 second rule of achievement for myself, a satisfaction. I'm like, okay, yeah, next tick, next one, moving. Let's move. Wes, who's next? Yeah. So you can't lose sight of, you know, what it means to you. It's all the small things. It's the grind. It's I love the process. When someone comes to me with all these problems and they think it's like so detrimental to their life, they're going to die next week. I'm like, relax, man. It's not that difficult. Someone in Africa doesn't have water or someone in Bangladesh doesn't have water or someone doesn't have this particular type of opportunity in their network and they don't know these people. Have you thought about it in that type of situation? No, I haven't. Well, see, do you feel that your situation is worse or better? Mm-hmm. And it's all about asking those deep questions. Yep. How much does that come into play when you're, I guess, talk, conversing with the people that you work with on a different types of levels? There's so many people that you make an impact with, and I love that. Do, you take, do they understand how much it takes for you to ask those deep, penetrating questions and get to the core and the root to make an impact? Or is it just, I guess you would say, them understanding it, but just they're used to it now because they've worked with you for a long time. Sometimes I think you may not know what's happening until after it's happened. Okay. And, and sometimes, you know, when I'm asking these questions and I'm diving deep into somebody, whoever's life it is, right? Like whether it's someone I meet at Starbucks and I end up having a 20 minute conversation, I'm just (laughs) like getting another life story. Right. Or if I give someone at Trader Joe's a compliment on their sandals or whatever, right? Like, (laughs) In that moment, they might not necessarily know what's going on, but after the fact, they may be like, oh, wow, I, that conversation was so great, right? Like, 
And then when you talk about like when you work with people, you know, what I try to tell all my, all my people is like, we are going to achieve greatness, right? We are going to achieve greatness. We are going to execute at the highest level every day. We're going to compete at the highest level. But what we're also going to do is we're going to enjoy the process. Like mm-hmm. I want you to see and, and remember like this moment now, not just wait until after, right? Because a lot of times we, we look at, at people or we look at our lives and we say, oh, man, I, I remember when, when that was going on, but I didn't realize that that was going to be like my story, right? Like, but you, if you look back and you experience the story as it's happening, mm-hmm. you, you could start to think like, oh my gosh, this is going to be something I talk about in five, 10 years when I've done X, Y, Z, or when I achieve the next thing, but I'm going to remember this because it's so great. And so I think like when asking these questions and, and really talking to people, it's about just really enjoying the present moment while planning for the future. But if you can enjoy the present and build in the present and live in the present, and this is one of the hardest things to do, by the way. It's but difficult. You, it's extremely yeah. difficult. Do it. People don't realize how hard it is. I run businesses and, you know, I come in contact with so many people and so do you, and I get it. But I'm just, especially working from home now for the last like seven years or so, I get so caught up with freaking technology. And in the last six months, I've taken so much of my time, conscious ever, and I have to actively force my brain to not touch a device or not send the message I want to send, right. but write it on a piece of paper because that means more to me than anything else. Sending a, sending a letter to my nieces in the States, that would make more of an impact with them. These are the things that I want to do now because it's all about getting to that deeper level of connection with people mm-hmm. and the ones that mean the most to me. And it's not about everybody doesn't mean anything to me. It's just talking about the ones that mean the most to me in my current circle. I mean, how much, I mean, Wes, I guess we don't want to get so folk in deep in this conversation because there's so much stuff. I guess yeah. this dissect, uh, I guess we'll go a little halftime and play <laughs> a little band for a second for a minute yeah. and dissect this. Well, I, I, that's so where I think, you know, would be really impactful also for, for all the listeners, because you guys t- talked about a, like a lot of great things. And one thing that you talked about as well is that process being present in the moment and it kind of goes back to also enjoying the process, like mm-hmm. enjoying the journey. And with you, Jake, I mean, you work with so many youth. You work with so many people that potentially have the, well, you, ha- you have and you currently do, but people who are potentially going into professional sports, mm-hmm. you know, pretty much at that highest level. Um, how much do you stress that the process of like enjoying the journey and staying present with the youth to help them develop the right habits that will lead them like to that, to that outcome. Yeah. I, I mean, I think, I think that it's all about like really understanding that, that this idea, right. With our basketball players, when they come to our event, we have about 48 hours with them during the time when they arrive to when the time they leave typically with our event. And what we try to do with, with those guys, especially is we want them to understand that it's bigger than basketball. But at the same time, we do not dim- diminish the power of that experience is going to have on their basketball career, if that makes sense, right? Because this is their biggest tryout they're going to have. This is one of their biggest opportunities to convince NBA executives and scouts why they belong on a roster come the following season, right? But at the same time, what we try to do is we try to position them. We have a welcome dinner, right? We have them all at the same hotel. We have opportunities for them to have workshops where we teach them, you know, about finances, about social media, about the power and influence each one of them has. Right. right, because athlete influence is one of the most powerful things in the world right now. It's instant. Right? It's instant. Instant. Instant, right? Whether it's even if it's a guy that's not like LeBron, but it's a guy that was a hometown hero and then a college superstar. 
that person has two markets at the minimum where they are massively influential to those communities. You're, you're seeing it now with high school football players yeah. getting verified on social media pretty quickly with a market, not just indirect, I don't know how they're doing it, but maybe just because they're big names and getting in the paper and getting verified and whatnot. They're having an impact then, mm-hmm. like at that early yeah. stage. I, I don't, I mean, listen, I'm 39 years old and there's some things that I put myself into around 16, 17 years old. I don't think I was going to be you know what I mean, in the situation I'm in right now because luckily there wasn't an internet. Well, there was, but it wasn't in this type of situation where it's instantaneous. Like you put anything out, bam, you got it. How, do you, do you kind of warn them on the negative side of it as well on that influence? Yeah, I mean, I mean, we, we definitely bring it up um, mm-hmm. again. And, and we, we talk with some of the agents, too, as well, of like, hey, you know, these are some of the resources that, that we've kind of been looking into, right? Because what we want to try to do is we want to provide a platform for these players to, as I said in the beginning, to elevate themselves to the right. highest definition of success. For them, that's playing professional basketball. But it's also, if you can't control yourself on social media, if you can't control your mental state, your mindset, you can't control how you treat other people, no team's going to want to put you in their organization, right? Right. So what we try to do, and, and, and it's, it's, it's definitely a challenge, right? But what we try to do is find ways to share different resources or to find ways that we can add on other programming to make their experience something that they'll remember as they continue to go on. You know, but, but like when you talked about when this conversation started with, with the youth about understanding that it's about enjoying the journey, right? Mm-hmm. The hardest part in the world is when you're young is seeing what you think success is because everybody's been programmed to tell you what it's supposed to look like, mm-hmm. right? And we grow up and, and feel like, and chasing. feel like, and it doesn't feel like it. Right. And we think that we're chasing the things that are going to make us what we think are happy, Right. We chase the things, we go after the things, we do things because of what we think it's going to feel like mm-hmm. rather than the things that we really don't want to be a part of, the things that we're really skillful at, the things that we can make money doing, we just don't realize it because nobody else in our circle maybe has at that point. So one of the things that I always tell people, especially the younger generation, is I, is I always break it down. I'm like, look, you have an incredible opportunity ahead of you, Right. You're living in a time where technology is giving you an opportunity that, that has never existed in a generation before you. Right. What you do with that, though, is entirely up to you. And I would just say, right, like alongside this line is I'm like, enjoy yourself, have fun, make mistakes, learn from those mistakes, grow, right? Because even as you're 39, right, even as people are 50, 60, 70, if you can continue to live life where you're trying and not living out of the fear of never trying, no, it's the biggest regret. I think it's one of the biggest impacts that made in my life was when I went into um, a retirement home and I interviewed some of the some of the older, you know, obviously retirement people. They were trying to just trying to enjoy the the get you say the, the glory years or I guess the twilight years of their life, but they didn't have nobody to talk to. So I asked the guys. I was like, "Listen, can I interview them on decisions and the, the, the choices they made throughout the years and the regret that you see on some of these people's faces?" Man, I still think of this and I draw from that motivation sometimes when I'm having a tough day and I really don't want to send that next email or I really don't want to spend the extra 10 to 15 minutes with a client. It really does not going to give me any benefit 10 to 15 years down the road, but I'm still going to do it because it's who I am and it's how I'm built. Mm. But there's so much that comes to that. I mean, how much does you triggered something and it's always, I'm always going to find an opportunity on these calls and on these recordings and, you know, with the podcast where sales comes in how much you talk about how to sell themselves 
at that event? I think, I think, so, so I love how you asked that question too, right? Like, like, I think that there's, I think you're always being interviewed. Okay. I think no matter what you're doing in life, anytime you have an interaction with another human being, you're being interviewed in some capacity, right? People, some people want to call it sales meetings. Some people want to call it interviews, whatever it is. But here's, here's the deal. You have an opportunity to make an impression on somebody else, right? Mm -hmm. People always say your character is, is what you're doing when no one's watching, right? Yes. But whenever you're, you're on the court, whenever you're at the hotel, whenever you're actually in the interview process, that's one of the things that we set them, set them up to. We do interview training for them before they're about to interview with the NBA execs and the media to hopefully give them a few tidbits they can pull out and succeed with. But I think the thing that we have to realize is that we're always being interviewed, right? Mm -hmm. And how we portray ourselves, whether it's our in-person personality, whether it's our paper personality with what people see on, on, on newspapers, on resumes, on, on written reports, on things like that, versus our online personality, which is our social media profile. All of those have to be in synergy with each other. All and when those are all in synergy with each other, then people know they're getting what you are, right? You guys are the people that you are here right now and people when you're off recording. That's not gonna change, right? And I think that that's something that's so important because you don't want to have somebody on your team you don't want to have somebody that you pay money to who acts one way, but then lives the other way, right? Mm -hmm. How is that going to make you being conscious like of the fact of who they really are and ask those tough questions? And I don't mean to talk over you, but it's asking those yeah. tough questions in the interviewing process and making sure that their core values and that culture coexist at the same time, because you can't have it detached to any part off camera or on camera, whenever, like it's going to the character. Well, character supersedes talent. That's one but that character, is it really you? And that's going to happen when you go through adversity. Wes and I talk a lot about this. You yeah. don't really know anybody until you watch them go through adversity. Yeah. yeah. And in, in an interview process, and here's the thing in an interview process, whoever the interview, let's say I'm interviewing one of you guys, right? Mm -hmm. Just as much as I'm interviewing you, even though I'm the one that has the title of interviewer, right? And I'm the one asking you the, the questions on the onset. It's just as much of an interview for you to me as it is for me to you. And we lose sight of that because sometimes the person who's interviewing seems to hold the cards, has the power, but you got to understand what you're worth as an individual. Exactly. And if what you believe isn't in alignment with what they believe, then there might not be a fit either way. Right mm -hmm. now, obviously every situation is going to be a little bit different, right? If you're trying out for an NBA team versus if you're trying out for a, for a company, right. Or if you're trying to a customer, right. But at the end of the day, it comes down to are your values in alignment? Do you have belief in where you are and where you can go? Right. And then what are you willing to do to, to make that happen? And if you are willing to be authentic and answer with who you are as a person, that's going to shine through because guess what? The person who's interviewing already has done the research, right? Exactly. You know, yeah. you know the answers to most of these questions. The question is, are you willing to answer those questions? You know, I have a buddy, I have a buddy who played in the NFL and he was interviewing and getting interviewed during the draft process. And teams had a bunch of questions they would ask him. Some that you were like, this is no relevance. And then other questions where they asked them just to see if they were going to be honest and tell the truth. They knew that it was already true, but they wanted to see was that person's character strong enough and their, and their ability to handle adversity and right. they're willing to admit a mistake to move forward. Even though everything was on the line for their dreams, were they willing to do that to be able to advance and move forward? And that tells a lot about a player. The player that I'm talking about, he's told me a bunch of stories. Sometimes that is dictated if the player is drafted and in what round that player becomes drafted. Right. And it's, it's that's so a, that's a lot of money. People don't realize the importance of which round. Yeah. Like, that's oh, a lot of money. 
For sure. I mean, every, every sport has that, right? There's a, mm-hmm. there's, a, there's a clear scale, right? Even the first pick to the 30th pick in the NBA, the scale is, is different, right? But it's not even just about that, that financial being from an athlete. It's that, it's that well-being from a human, right? Whenever yeah. we're talking to True. people, are we willing to admit our mistakes? Are we willing to receive constructive criticism? Are we willing to, to, to move on even when we seem like nothing's going our way, right? Like, what are we willing to do to continue to move forward to achieve the definition of success mm-hmm. that we're holding on to? That's gonna, that we know is what we need to be doing, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, absolutely. And so one, one question I have for you, Jake, as well, because I believe, I believe this is relevant whether you're like in, in your youth or whether it doesn't matter what stage of your life you're in. How do you develop someone, especially a younger person, how do you help them develop that confidence to, to be that authentic? Sure, sure. Well, I, I think there's one thing that, that we have to understand, right? Is there 7 billion people in the world, right? 7 plus billion, <laughs> 8 billion people, whatever it is. Not everyone's going to vibe with you like you or have the same values as you, right? Like that's just the simple truth. And, and one of the problem is as, as a younger person or even as an entrepreneur, someone who's doing something on their own, small business owners, right? Who have a lot of pressure internally and expectations for themselves. One of the things that, that we, and I've done this too, a lot of times and growing up and stuff is like, we have these expectation, right? That's so much, right? We have this expectation of so much that sometimes we just forget that we need to live right then, right? And mm-hmm. that we need to do us because there's no, you know, we talk about not trying and that's one of the biggest regrets, right? Versus taking a chance and failing and moving on. But when we talk about instilling confidence and like getting our mindset right, it's understanding that the right people will come into our life at the right time. The right, right. people will surround ourselves if they believe that you have the same values, right? We're attracted to people that are similar, that, similar to us. We want to be around people that make us feel a certain way, that give us a certain level of excitement, that have a specific influence on us, that have done the things that we want to do. And so when I tell, you know, young entrepreneurs, when I tell students, when I tell even older entrepreneurs, you know, one of the things that, that, I, that I really try to stress in on is like, you are everything you need in that moment, right? Oh, and when goodness. you learn more, yeah. you can be better because you now have more knowledge. But if you do the best that you can and you're willing to put yourself out there, I promise you good things are going to happen. And that's exactly what my dad told me when I had the self-doubt of launching my first book. Mm-hmm. We were sitting around the countertop and we were talking about, and I was like, dad, like, is anyone going to read this? Like, you know, I don't have a huge audience. I don't have all this stuff. And he goes, look, you may sell five copies. You may sell 5 million copies. But what I can promise you is if you're willing to put yourself out there, you're willing to take this action. In it the takes right a lot direction, of courage. Great things are going to happen. I don't know what those things are, but I promise you they will happen. But you have to take that first step. And if you're willing to do that, everything else will happen. And it's about just believing that. And then it's about reinforcing that belief once you feel it that first time. Because anybody can do something one time, but if you can't continuously and repeatedly do that same action, it doesn't become a habit. It doesn't become part of the identity, right? And that's a key difference between high performers and people that have great one-time experiences. Hmm. Wes, I know that you want to probably ask a question on this because we were just having a similar conversation about, you know, putting yourself out there, not really worrying about the, the analytic side of like social media or, you know, being betrayed to being somebody you're not, you know, bigger and you only have like, you mentioned Jake, 50 followers, but that 50 followers can be a huge audience if it, if you're able to put them in the same room, 
and making more of an impact and connecting. Mm. Wes, let me, what for the listeners, can you touch on, because not everybody has over 100 and 200 and 300K or 100 million followers or whatnot. Can you kind of like talk a little bit about why it's important and not really give a crap on what everybody else is thinking and having that courage just to do it, just to put yourself out there? Yeah, because I mean, if, well, if you want to get to those levels, you're not going to get there being inauthentic, right? I mean, you're, at some point, the, you not being authentic is going to catch up with you with your image, especially if you're exposing yourself and putting yourself out there. Mm-hmm. And so, and then your value system has to also align with that. I love that, you know, what Jake, when, when you talked about that is you have to treat the one person the same way you treat the 1 million mm-hmm. and you doing that. And then you being your authentic self means that now you're going to start actually building a following through that, but you can't otherwise, because if you, if you have that one person and they think you're a certain way, well, when it gets to 500,000 and now your real self starts to come out at some point, because it will, especially in adversity and things along those lines, people are going to realize who you really are and you're going to diminish your brand that way. Mm. And so authenticity is key to all this. I completely agree with, with what you guys are saying on that. Right. And I think, I think there's, I think there's an ego part that comes into play here. Right. Because, because we all as humans, we all have ego. And, and like, like I said, throughout this time, it's like, we want to talk about ourselves. The first thing we think about is ourselves and, and it's natural. Like innately that's, that's, we are ourselves, right? Yeah. But, but I think something that's so important to understand is like, if you set out to make a difference in the world, right? If you set out to, to create a product that changes lives, if you set out to, to be kind to other people, hmm. well, it doesn't matter then how many people that is. What matters is that, that it's doing the thing that you said you were going to do and doing right. it to the best of your ability to hopefully create that experience for that other person. And if you do that, do more of that. Yeah. And if it doesn't work, adjust and become better at what you want to be better at, right? And I think that's such a key point when we think about the social media and the metrics. Now, the flip side, the metrics often tell us, though, what's working and what's not working, right? So, you know, when I go on LinkedIn, if I have a post that goes, that goes viral or that gets tens of thousands of views, 100,000 views, I'd say, okay, well, hang on a sec here. Why did that post do better than some of these other posts? Can I dissect it? Can mm-hmm. I see, did I give more of myself? Did I ask a different question? And when you start to do, use the metrics for learning experiences, there you now go. you can combine that, that the step-by-step processes, the metrics with the authenticity, and those are the most magical and influential people, right? Because there's a difference, right? There's a big difference between being an influencer and having real influence. Right. right? And you see this on social media a lot. Oh, there such a beautiful point. Say that again for me, Jake. Say that again. That was beautiful. There's a massive difference, right? There's a massive difference between being an influencer and having huge influence, right? And, and like, look, like one of, one, of, one of my favorite accounts is, is Yes Theory, okay? They have one of the most engaged global audiences in the world. Do they have as many followers as some of the, the mega celebrities in the world? No. But the minute they put something out, their community rallies around them, supports them. That's the community beautiful. supports each other. And that's influence. That's power. That's change. That's mm. impact. That's what we're all seeking, right? Sure, having 20 million followers is great, but if you only influence a, mil- a thousand people from that, mm. I'd rather have five million followers and influence one million, right? Whatever it is, you know, the most important thing to understand with social media and stuff is like, you can create a business, you can create an audience, 
and you can have immense, immense impact and value to that audience, regardless of that size. But it's honestly, what are you willing to put in? What are you willing to sacrifice? Like, I like to try to ask myself one question. I mean, like, why would they want to remember me? Mm -hmm. Like, how am I being remembered? Like, why am I, why am I memorable? I mean, is it something about myself? Is it something you talked about dissecting a couple of videos? Did you put yourself out there more? Were you more vulnerable? In today's world, I'm, here's a little tip for all the men out there that struggle with vulnerability. Vulnerability makes you more approachable. It's compelling. You can relate to any freaking audience. I'm telling you right now, I struggle with, I read a book, Lewis Howes, uh, Mask of Masculinity. Yep. Freaking love the book, by the way, Lewis, good job. It really helped me because it's not about just the mask. It's just understanding why I'm feeling a certain way. Like you got, you talked about egos. You have an egotistical conversation that goes on in people's brains when you're speaking. You have, you know, emotional conversation that goes on in, in people's that is understanding a difference and understanding that piece. People don't put that much thought into, am I stroking his ego? Am I not touching about it? Cause he wants to talk about it is their personality. How much does that come into with you? understanding of different personality types with maybe some of the youth and them not really being in touch with their personalities and they really don't know who they are just yet. Or maybe somebody has been in the game for 30 years. You mentioned some of the entrepreneurs that you work with. Mm -hmm. Do you, how much does that go into you understanding the different personality types with the people you come in contact with? Well, it all goes back to asking the questions, right? The, the questions, if you ask the right questions, you're not going to get the answers you want. You're going to get the answers that you need to hear in that moment, yes. right? And that, when you talk about personality, it's really hard to, to everybody's different, right? It's really hard to, to group people together. Everyone's going to feel a different way. Even if, even if someone on paper is the exact same, the minute you have a conversation with them, you may see they're in completely two different places, yeah. right? So asking the right questions, I think, is one of the most important things that you can do because it gives you the answers that hopefully if you're willing to take those answers, will then allow you to create the better solution, right? Or the better offering to, to solve their problems, right? Or, or to just listen better, right? But the other thing on that, and you touch on vulnerability, and it's like, that's one of the best ways to allow people to be comfortable with themselves is by seeing you act as a vulnerable man, as a vulnerable woman, as a vulnerable person, right? And it's a hard thing for a lot of people mm -hmm. because vulnerability opens you up to criticism. It right. opens you up to being, uh, to, to getting an ego check, right? It opens you up to, to other people's opinions mm -hmm. and, and not everyone's ready to hear other people's opinions. And that's exactly. a tough thing to swallow sometimes. When we talk about personalities, one, lead by example, right? We have to lead by example. And what we do, people notice. And maybe you don't think in that moment it's making an impact, but people notice how you carry yourself. Energy transfers right? Automatically that happens. And then if you couple that, when you lead by example, people will start to replicate that, right? That's mirror neurons at its finest, right? People see what you're doing. They start to emulate it because they're starting to associate. Right? Yeah, yeah. That's why if you're hanging out with people, you know, and this is the next level, right? It's like, if you're hanging out with a lot of people that are super fit, you're more likely to work out and become super fit. If you're hanging out with a bunch of people that drink a bunch of alcohol, you're probably going to drink more alcohol. You're more likely to do the things around the people that you surround yourself with. So that's one thing. Lead by example. Other people will see that. And then the second part of that with personality is like, ask people questions. Get to know people. Everybody's got a story to tell us. Everyone. Right? We just have to be willing to listen to someone. And, you know, we'll take the most basic example of, of a question that every human being asks every other human being um, by default. As you walk by somebody, 
and you say, hey, how are you? 99% of the time, the person responds and says, I'm good, how are you? And before they've even finished saying, how are you? They're facing the other way, you're facing the other way, and you didn't even know that they asked the follow-up, right? I pay attention to that when people to go ask me to lunch, business meetings, the way they treat other people that have zero value in their life at that time or maybe in the future, how they respond to people and what they, I can't stand this. One of my biggest pet peeves is actually a question I wanted to ask you. One of my biggest pet peeves is people not look at me in the eyes when I speak to them. Mm. So I make a conscious effort to when I'm talking to someone, I'm looking you right in your eyes because then I'm going to ask you, how have you been? What's been going on with you? Something, what's happened to you today? Like this actually made you walk into my office and act like an asshole. Whatever it is, I'm going to ask that. Sometimes, I guess, difficult question right off the bat because I need to make an impact and I need to get you to, I need to first get your attention. When you go into the youth and all the things that you do, and this episode is just going to blow up when people go to hear this. Why is that so important to speak from your heart and inside your soul when you're, when you're having a conversation and look people dead in the eyes? I mean, a first impression is key, right? I mean, yeah. it, it, you know, you, you can look at all the statistics about first impression. I won't bore you with them now, but, but that first impression, that first 30 seconds, that first nine seconds is going to make a big, big impact on how the rest of the conversation is going to go in the career space, in the romantic space, and just in a general relationship building mm -hmm. space. But, but here's, here's the thing, right? Here's the thing. The first thing that I like to do, and, and this is one of the things that I always do, is, is I want to make, make a smile. I make a conscious effort that when I see somebody, I have a smile and I do an, a welcoming positive gesture. So here's what I mean by that. Sometimes people point at them and say, hey, how you doing? Palms down, right? But the trigger, the real thing is palms open. Palms up means you're inviting and you're welcoming them. That subtle difference could get them to start to, to, to be comfortable with you, right? Because our job is, is to start to build that relationship immediately. But I always like to start with that smile, right? And however the greeting is, right? Whether it's a fist bump, the handshake, the hug, whatever you go with the head nod, right? There's all types of, mm -hmm. the, of the greeting. But I always like to go with the smile. And for me, the eyebrow raise. Because immediately I'm letting them know. Because you have big eyebrows or? Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. Mm. And, and, and I think it's such a huge thing because when you smile, it not only actually reduces the stress and the overall anxiety of the room, but it reduces that person, the person that you're talking to, it actually reduces their stress and anxiety levels, mm -hmm. which is huge for a lot of people who are coming into meetings because they're nervous. There's a lot on the line. Maybe they're trying to get a business deal, right? Maybe they're, maybe they're just trying to interview for a job, whatever it may be, right? There's always, the, there's always that first interaction. And sometimes that eye contact is the most powerful thing we can give it them, is. right? But I will also say that on the flip side, as the, as a, as the person seeing the eye contact, how that- How they're receiving it. Yes. You know in the first couple of seconds how they're receiving the eye contact? You feel right. weird. You're like, why is this dude staring me down on my soul? Like, relax. Yes. So you got to be conscious of how they're receiving everything. Exactly. And, and that's, look, what we're talking about here is very difficult to do, right? Like, we're talking about how is someone looking at me and then I'm looking at them and how are they going to be feeling based on the way and the strength <laughs> of which I'm looking to so right? That's some deep stuff. But I think, I think the core thing here, right, is when you combine all of these things, the eye contact, let them know you're present, let them know you're in the moment, you smile, you give them the right handshake, you express the right body language. Well, what you've done now is you've created an environment of trust. That yeah. environment of trust then becomes a place where people feel comfortable. Well, guess what people do when they have an emotional connection from you and they have trust with you? 
they buy from you, they hire from you, they recommend you, they support you, they become part of your family. And most importantly, they think of you. They think of you, right? And it all goes back to what we just said at the start of this question, which is that first impression, right? But that goes such a long way because you don't know even in that moment, you think you know who that person is. You don't know who that person is until you know who that person is. Right. And that's something, when we talk about the value of somebody, the value of someone is that the fact they are a human being, right? The fact is they are a human being and we don't know what they have to offer. We don't know what we have to offer them until we ask, until we do our research and until we invite them to do X, Y, Z, right? To be a part of whatever it is that we're doing. And I think that that's a magical, a magical thing of, of building relationships and building business. Absolutely. Beautiful. Absolutely. And go, going off of that, because I think you pretty much just started going into kind of what I was thinking uh, for the next question, because you talk even in your book, I mean, you have elevate your network, right? And yeah. you're talking a lot about your network. Obviously, that's the key tip right there uh, into doing that. What more would you share with people as far as when they're looking to start elevating their network? One, what's the importance of it? Why is it so important? And then two, maybe what are some tips to help people alongside of this first impression uh, to help them be able to start doing that? So I'll answer the first part, right? Which is, which is why do you need a network, right? Essentially put, right? And why should you network? Well, I attribute 100% of my success to the network I've been able to build. Okay, the network I've been able to build and the network that, that anybody can build, I think anybody has the power. I didn't, I didn't have money to start by building my network. I couldn't buy into the networks. I didn't have uh, parents who knew a bunch of people in the space that I was trying to go into when I was starting in sports. I had to build it all from scratch. And, and that has turned into making good money. That's turned into having epic experiences that I would have mm. never had if I didn't have these people in my network. And it's led to creating a life of fulfillment, okay? Because relationships are the number one indicator to long-term happiness. And I don't know about you, but I want to live my life where I make a lot of money, I help a lot of people, and I have a shit ton of fun along the journey, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. If I can do those three things, we're talking about a winning life. That's a championship player right there. That's an MVP life, right? But everybody has the power to do that. And everybody, most people, one of the things you ask them, what do they want the most? They want happiness. They want peace. The second thing they want the most, they want money. They want wealth. They want fame. Well, a network is the fastest way to get both of those things um, and by being fulfilled in the process. Right. So that's why everybody should, should build a network and why, why everyone needs to be building their network. And it never stops, right? It never stops. You can never stop networking. Every time you're talking to someone, you're networking in a way. Forget calling it network. You're connecting. You're communicating. You're getting to know somebody, right? Just joining communities. Just joining communities, different communities. Joining communities. And then you ask, like, what are some specific key tips here? Well, one of the key tips, and we've kind of talked about it a little bit today, one of the things that I think is one of the most underrated skills is being a good listener. Being a good listener, I think, is one of the most underrated skill sets of a great connector because most people listen with the intent to respond. When instead, we should be listening with the intent to process, understand, and validate. Doesn't mean you have to agree. But what it means is that you're willing to hear somebody through. And that's such a powerful feeling that we can give to somebody else. The next thing is we know that at the fundamental core of ourselves, we want to feel loved, we want to feel mattered, we want to be complimented, we want to feel that we belong, and we want to feel that, that we're valued, right? Mm -hmm. So the question that I always then ask somebody else is if we know that, right? Because have you guys ever received a compliment that made you feel good, right? Of course. 
Well, I mean, yeah, but then sometimes the biggest compliments are actually, if you look at a double-sided coin, is the biggest motivating factor because it doesn't come from a good compliment. It motivates me again. Genuine compliment. Genuine yes. compliment is like one of the greatest things, right? Mm -hmm. And if we know that we feel that way when that happens to us, then how come we don't make more of an effort as human beings and as a society to give somebody else that same experience? Just because it's T-I-M-E, time. It takes time. Right. And so we break that time down, right? People say networking takes too much time, right? That's one of the things that people will say, oh, it's too much work, too much effort to stay up to date, to track everybody, to get to know everybody, to do this, to do that, to do this. Well, guess what? If you're intentional with who you want to talk to, if you're intentional with why you're reaching out, and if you're intentionally adding value from the minute you start that conversation, it reduces that time drastically because mm -hmm. now you're going to build the right connections that lead to bigger and broader networks, which lead to you achieving whatever success you want because you'll have people that can introduce you to the people. You'll have people that you know that can help you with what you need and you'll be able to continue to build out and grow your business, be able to go on vacations, be able to have experiences, be able to have freedom, right? And so one of the things that, that we recommend people doing all the time is like, we call it one text, one appreciation. Send one text, find someone in your phone, pull out your phone, text a random person, someone that's front of mind, whoever, and just let them know you appreciate them, right? Go through your Gmail, look through your contacts, do, do what uh, Jordan Harbinger calls Gmail roulette. Find someone mm -hmm. random that just type in a couple letters, pick that person and reach out to them. Sometimes those, those, those ties, those people that we haven't talked to in a while, are actually the ones that, that have the best opportunity to refer us because mm -hmm. now you're top of mind in their, in their mind. Right. And then the last tip that I really, you know, and there's 25 Kelf keys in the book. Each one of them is a, is a special like tip. And, and the last one that, that I'll share is focusing on this we mentality is greater than me mentality. And I mentioned that earlier. But what that means really is like I said, people innately are ego driven. We're, we're me centered, right? Mm -hmm. And the questions we have to ask ourselves is, do we have a me mentality, which is, do I focus on what you can do for me? Do I think about how can I use you to get to where I want to go? Mm. Or do you flip it around with a we mentality, right? Which says, what can we do for each other? How yes. can I help you get to where you want to go? The more we focus on serving others, the better our skills become on the ways we can help other people. And when we realize that everybody can win, right? Because the bigger your network gets, the more each of you support each other. Yes. And it continues on, right? But sometimes we get so focused on us trying to have success that we lose sight on the bigger picture, which is if we're all having success, if we're all paying money to other people, we're, we're funding the economy, we're getting money from other people, there's wealth around everybody. That goes back to that abundance mindset. Mm -hmm. But it comes from having this we is greater than me mentality. Combine all those things up. Now we're building out an elite world-class network that's going to just change our lives. I love this guy, man. He, I love how he drops the name of the show. He's done it three or four different times. A win-win, guys. I win-win, and he stops and like gives a little smile when he does. I love you, Jake. Man, this is awesome. Hey, there's so many things that you said that blow. I guess you would say that blow this kind of microphone and just kind of understanding the frequency out the charts and putting out the right things in the universe. But I think the biggest thing for that that you said is how can we support each other? So every time that we, you know, we're very selective with the people that we bring on the show because I feel that that's our responsibility to our listeners to give them something worth of value because they've, they're very loyal. I mean, we've grown this you know, from a zero subscribers. Maybe Wes's mom and dad will listen to it or Wes, maybe some of my friends will listen to it. But we had no idea that we were reach that many people without even doing any kind of like really marketing. So there's, 
52, 60 to 70 to 80,000 types of subscribers and people sharing our things that I think that's our responsibility to them is like they stuck around for the first season to listen to the, the foundation and the groundwork of this type of mentality and then winning and everyone winning and believing in a belief in abundance that mm. we, we want to hand select the right people. But it's not about just picking out the ones that we feel that, Hey, we can help and it's going to help the community, but how can we help you as well? That's how we, that's how we look at it overall. Like how can we set up? Yeah. You're a guest on the show, but it doesn't mean that you're going to be a one-time guest. Yeah. Let's just keep opening it up and let's bring heat and let's try to serve the communities and every community that we can. And how can we, you know, outreach to, that we thought that we could ever do. I think that's important as a, just like as a content creator, an entrepreneur, a, a son, a father, it doesn't matter. I mean, how can you make an impact? Ask yourself that question. How can you make an impact? Pretty simple. Yeah. It starts if you're, with you. If you're, if you're listening to this show right now, right? And you've been a loyal listener, whether it's the first time you're tuning in, like reach out to, to Chris and Wes, let them know that you appreciate it. I mean, it takes time to do this, right? You want to get noticed. You want to build relationships? Well, reach out to the people whose content you're consuming. Let them know how much you appreciate it because there's a lot of work that goes into what you guys do. You guys have the great setup. You guys execute at a high level. That requires work. And obviously, look, I love and I appreciate it. And you guys know that. But if you're listening to this right now, like, Give them the love, show them the love, right? They do all this for you, the listener, to, because they want to help you create wins in your life, right? Mm -hmm. And so I think that that's something that's so powerful too, is if you want to get to that next level, you've got to let the people know whose content you're consuming that it's making a difference, right? right? It makes a huge impact. So I just want to say, I give you guys props because I know you guys are, you guys come from a place of, of genuine value and, and that's so powerful, you know, and that's, that's why the community is growing and will continue to grow. And I, I really appreciate you saying that. A lot of people don't realize how much work it comes in, to, comes in behind the scenes to you know, bring that type of level of value. But it also comes with just turning on a microphone and just getting the right content out there to serve people. Because there's a lot of you know, different types of consumers out there, depending on how you consume content. Like some mm -hmm. people are videos, some people are audio, some people like to read like on a blog, whatever that is for you. I guess that we can kind of go with that and start like, you know, putting a bow on this with Wes and Wes does a really amazing job of relating all the little key nuggets and, and trying to relate those and communicate it in the best way that he knows how to our listeners and make more sense of this. But before we kind of get into, into that, how can our listeners and our audiences find more about Jake and, you know, your course, your books, but how can they reach you? Cause you know, you reached out to us on social media and it wasn't that hard to find me, right? I've pretty much responded. Mm -hmm. Does that type of similar with you on social media? How can our listeners find more about you? The best, the best way uh, is on Instagram right now at Jake okay. Kelfer, J-A-K-E-K-E-L-F like Frank E-R. That's one of the best ways. Um, and when you come to our profile, when you come to my profile, uh, we'll give every listener here a, a free copy of our book. Um, we'll give everyone a free copy of Elevate Your Network. Just cover the shipping cost. You want a paperback. We'll ship it out to you. Um, just cover the small shipping fee. Um, and then also we have a Facebook group called the Elevation Station where people go to, to, to start like to their business, right? The Elevation Station. We have a community of what we call the elevators, the Elevation Squad. And we go to new heights. Like that's what we do. So, I mean, if you like this, if you vibe with this a little bit, um, come join us on Facebook. Hang out with us in the community. It's called the Elevation Station. Um, that's where we put tips, videos, a uh, bunch of giveaways and different things like that. So those are the best ways to, to connect with me and, and learn more about how you can be part of our community 
um, the, which is the elevation squat. Yes, that's freaking awesome. I like the name, by the way. I like yeah. it a lot. I think I'm going to come and hang out in your community a little bit. So if you ever want to do a Facebook Live or something, have it, have it on, I'm, I'm down. I'm down. Yeah. I'm down. We'll make it happen. Yeah. Absolutely. No, I love it. The elevation station. That's good. Um, so everybody, if again, follow, follow Jake. I mean, the, the links to the Facebook group and his website are going to be down in the description, depending on where you're listening to this or watching this. Jake, thank you so much for, for, for being on. I mean, this was great. I mean, if you, if you haven't gotten value from this episode, I don't even know what will bring you value. There's just so many pieces of this talking about abundance, talking about how to build your network, talking about truly the psychology behind making yourself a winner and everybody around you a winner. And if you're not listening to this, make sure you tune in and watch this episode two to three times. And again, make sure you're following Jake because you don't want to miss out on that valuable content. Again, check out in the description box. We'll make sure to have that there for you. Yeah. Thank you awesome. so much, Jake. I really appreciate you being here and blessing us with all the golden nuggets, man. I mean, it's wish you nothing but love and nothing but success out there and all the way in California and just bringing, making an impact in the communities you have and your family. And also, you know, most importantly, all the people that you come in contact with. And I really appreciate your soul, man. Keep, keep moving, keep growing, keep learning. I appreciate you having you on, man. Appreciate it. Awesome. Chris West, appreciate you both. Thanks for having me. It was a blast.